Welcome to the Resilience Unlimited show, your go-to podcast for empowerment and growth. I'm Coach Dr. Lauren, founder of Resilience Unlimited, inviting you to join our transformative journey each week. This space is specially crafted for high-achieving women, specifically women of color, where we can feel seen, heard, and part of a thriving community. This podcast is your compass for emotional regulation, understanding your purpose, and living unapologetically authentic. Ready to invest in yourself? All right, we are live. We are back. Well, we're, we're not really live, but I'm live right now. So if you are watching this on YouTube, then you get to see my wonderful guest today. If you are listening, you will be hearing her voice and you will be hearing the conversation that we will have. But I do want to say welcome to the show. If you are new, please make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. But I am so excited because I've now introduced guests to my show and I'm just so thrilled to have Elder uh, Harriet Tubman Wright on the show so she can share her wealth of knowledge and what, you know, really brings resilience in her life. So Harriet, welcome to the show. I'm pleased to be here. Thank you so much and pleased to share with your audience. Yes, yes. So those of you who listen, you know that I like to always have a structured question to start off the episode, but because I have a guest, I always love my guests to introduce themselves first. So Elder Harriet, can you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about what you've been doing over the past few decades. (laughs) It has been a few decades. Uh, Basically born in Kansas City, Missouri, grew up in East Oakland. Finished college and graduate school. Um, I was a school counselor for a while. Uh, I lived and worked in Africa during the 80s. I'm a single parent. Wow. Uh, I started my business after working for the city of Oakland for many years in just about every department except the police department. Wow. Started my my. My first business was event planning and production, but then I started the right resort as a body, mind, spirit, uh, wellness center to really work with women around self-care. Yes. And and then I shifted to the right resort, your soul safari to success, where I look at self-care, soul's calling, and social change. But oh, wow. Patient is absolutely, we got to take care of ourselves to serve anybody else. <laughs> yeah, no, I 100% agree with that. And I love that we're going to be delving a little bit into what that means um, in, in resilience, because I do find as, as Black women, and those of you who listen, you know, I'm a mom. So um, Harriet, I am a mom and I, I we're, it's exhausting and we always have to be present and available. And it's like, we have to take care of, we have to, you can't pour from an empty cup, right? That's what they always say. So we have to make sure that we're filling our cup. So, okay, well, let's kick off this question. So I am going to read this question because it's rather lengthy, but I think it will, I think it will really, it encompasses all of the work that you've done in a way that it's a question that can frame the conversation. So here we go. So how can we integrate the principles of freedom justice, as you talked about, peace and revolutionary feminine leadership as exemplified in your lifelong journey to empower individuals and communities 
in overcoming limitations and cultivating a profound sense of liberation for a sense of a harmonious and impactful existence? <laughs> that is a hefty question. And what, what I want to say is that most people want to experience the freedom to share their talents, their skills, and their gifts service to their families, their communities, their businesses, their organizations, and they want to feel that they are making a positive difference, a difference that heals, empowers, and transforms those people uh, that they are serving and transforms the planet. So it has certainly been my purpose and passion, and it really represents something I've done uh, with other women, uh, hundreds of women, quite honestly. So I really appreciate the opportunity to share with you and our listeners some of the experiences that I've had that help heal, empower, and transform others, ourselves and others. Uh, Because that's that's what we're about, healing, empowering, and, and transforming. And so um, I'll begin during the 70s. I was the director of the Black Women's Unit, uh, which uh, the university, at, at the university YWCA, which was right across the street from uh, the YMCA? From UC Berkeley. Okay, okay. <laughs> we used to have weekly healing circles that involved the students as well as women from the community. And uh, one of the students that came through that program and later started working for the for the city of Oakland, she is now recognized as a leader in Centers for Spiritual Living, and she's an owner of Platinum Butterfly Ministries. Well, oh. I and guided her to step fully, more fully into her passion and power. And now as a spiritual leader, she is highly respected and sought after as a minister, a speaker, a facilitator on a national and global level. And so wow. what it means is that these healing circles way back in the 70s. Yeah. Uh, supporting one another, listening, supporting, crying with one another. Right. Every, you know, there was that trust that was built Mm -hmm. up and these Mm -hmm. relationships that were built and continued. I mean, there are very few, I've been to a few um, funerals, um, celebrations of life for some of the women who were in that. But the point is, we were grounded in mutual support and right. community and love and, and honest sharing with one another. And that was a part of the foundation that created the resilience mm-hmm. okay. that followed us to where we are today. In, a, in another situation, as I mentioned, I, I worked for um, the city of Oakland. And um, I started my second business, the Right Resort, the Body, Mind, Spirit Wellness Center. And in this capacity, I coached Black women in the public sector, and one of whom I worked um, along with her staff 
And I worked with my book and this book, Releasing Stress, Creating Serenity, A Body, Mind, Spirit, Self-Care Primer for Busy Women. And when we talk about self-care, it's really the notion that uh, I, can, I can't serve others in, I, until I take care of myself first. Right. From a wellspring of, of care and love. And I'll share a quick story because this occurred during the time I was working for the with the Black Women's Unit. We had a social worker. And at that time, she was working with grandparents who were having to take care of their grandkids because mm-hmm. their parents were on drugs or whatever, whatever. And so she would tell these grandmothers, look, you go in the bath. If the only place you can go to get a break is the bathroom, you go in the bathroom and you lock the door. You be in there 10 minutes or 20 minutes or however long you're in there. And that trains the grandchildren. Oh, leave her alone. Leave her alone. Yeah. She's going to be nice. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. (laughs) You know, again, the the notion of self-care is really is really fundamental. But I worked with this woman in, in, um, and with her staff based on this book. And, and eventually I guided her on a one-to-one basis after working with her and her staff. Then I worked with her on a one-to-one basis to help her develop her business and a business that she had been pursuing you know yeah she had that job but there was another dream yeah another calling yeah another dream in her in her heart and she had been pursuing and preparing for this for several years so she managed to get funding to conduct a data uh, uh, a beta test during covid mm. and now she serves hundreds of black women she's flourishing and again, she's stepping, she has stepped fully into her purpose. And right. So it's, you know, it's, it really is um, an opportunity to be clear. Who, who was I born to be? Right. What was I born to do? And so I can guide and coach women so that we step fully into right. our, our purpose and purpose. Yeah. Purpose fully into our power in service um, to others. And I'll share one more uh, quick story. So before you share one, I do have a question here. So as I'm listening to these past two women you talked about that you've coached and helped and nurtured, what would you say is your signature I don't know the word for it, but the, but what is the one thing that you make sure like, yes, this is something that I always have to do when I work with women to help them find their higher calling? Like what, what does that look like in your coaching? Uh, there's a process called visioning. Okay. Sometimes I will say, okay, so you have this, this idea. What does it look like? What mm. does it feel like? Yes. What does it sound like? And get very, um, you know, tap into all those. those Intuition, right? Yeah, the intuition. It might feel, oh, it feels so empowering. It feels so uplifting. Well, you know, it sounds like Stevie Wonder. I got to, you know, it feels like James Brown. And so people, you know, they're getting into the energy yes. of, their, of their passion. 
Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the one of the tools. It's called visioning. It's a process that was developed by Michael Agape. Um, I like that. Yeah. It, it it does make a difference. Love. It makes a difference when you, when you, cause I went to a women's workshop with my um, mentor and coach, mm-hmm. she hosts these and it was so empowering being in a room full of all women who just wanted to find their purpose, wanted to find their happiness. Mm-hmm. And we did an activity where we had to talk to the women that were close to us about, you know, uh, visioning. And I realized I had a really hard time with like, cause she was really getting detailed, like, what are you wearing? You know, like what's the car you're driving or what's the weather? What's the feeling? And I'm like, holy smokes. I, I don't, I don't know. I, it, it was really challenging. And I think that that is something that most people probably do have that block mm-hmm. and they don't realize, oh, well, you know, this is how I feel and this is what I want to do. So how can I tap in? Like, I think you said that, how do you tap into that to really flourish and make it grow to then become into what is your purpose so you can feel like, yes, this is why I'm here. Thank you. Yeah. It's, 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 um, it's very visual and visceral. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell us about the, the third woman you were going to talk about. The woman I work with was a, is a, is a physician and she overcame a life threatening health challenge herself. Oh, wow. And, you know, it was, it really turned her, her life around and she came through it. And more recently, she, she had a lot of love and support through it. I'm telling you it. And, and so she wanted guidance, you know, she's writing her own, she's writing a book about it right now. Yeah. Also wanted guidance and support as she was entering the decade of her seventies. So I helped her get focused on her personal and professional priorities and releasing excess in her mm-hmm. home. You know, we accumulate, accumulate, accumulate. And so releasing this excess, putting order in her physical space, but also in her mental space, emotional space. Yeah. Prioritizing, okay, this is how I want to spend my time now with my family with my friends and with fewer clients. I mean, she's more like a consulting doctor right now. Okay. You know what, what's really important to me now is how I, the quality of my time with my yes. family and friends. Yes. And ask for, you know, some guidance, some support, some assistance. And how do I get that to get together? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I'm listening to everything you're saying and I resonate with a lot of it. And since you've been doing this for several decades and you said you were a single mom. So I'm curious to know for other single moms out there who might black women really, because I'm speaking from as a black woman in our community, but what advice can you give them as a spiritual healer in terms of like, them not saying, well, I don't have enough time for this, or, you know, I have to work two jobs and I, you know, I got to put food on the table and all the things that I, if you think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, they're at that bottom of survival. And we know as black women, we're going to burn out. We can't just survive. We've got to thrive. So knowing you have that lived experience and you've been in Africa and, you know, I don't know how many kids you have, but I mean, how were you able to do that? And what advice can you give to other women who want that healing journey, but just don't really know where to begin as single moms? 
Well, I can say my son was born in Nairobi and we came back to the States in, okay. um, when he was about three and a half months old. And I spent a year in culture shock because, you know, I could be in parts of Africa where eggplant was the only thing in the marche. And then I would go to Safeway or Lucky and there's a whole freaking row of bread, a whole <laughs> row of cereal. And that really, really jarred me. And I okay. had to get a whole new wardrobe. So I had, to, you know, we had a babysitter and then I, Edward was in preschool and his granddad, um, was alive and his granddad was oh you know my grandson this my grandson that and really the two of them became best buddies uh my my son uh played basketball and he was a high jumper champion high jumper okay and so his granddad was always there so all the team members they just say hi granddad hi granddad oh that's cute that's cute there and so that was a primary support obviously there were others in his eye when he turned 13 he had been mentored he had started he was like four or five and i put him in this program at 6 a.m in the morning where you oh. so he's always had mentoring and when he turned 13 i invited all the men the the dads the granddads the coaches every man that had been in his life i said i want you to tell him what it means to be a man. And yeah. He's had these fun birthdays, but this was at a restaurant. And the, these men had not heard one another talk about what it means to be a man. Oh, and wow. You facilitated like a, a man circle. <laughs> I left. But when they, you know, what I realized is that they had never talked to each other or heard from each other what it means to be a man and then at the you know edward had to wear this little suit and so at the end he had a money tree and it was like over six hundred dollars that he got plus the wisdom of yeah the and he said well mom i don't mind having this kind of <laughs> <laughs> of course not 13 six hundred dollars you, you like hit the jackpot because in indigenous cultures, you know that the girls go off for their initiation and the boys go off for their initiation. In this culture, I don't know, you know, unless you're Jewish, I don't really know what you do. Yeah, that's true. That's and true. This is was what I created because I can't tell you what how to be a man. Only a right. man can tell you that. And so it was a very significant transformational experience. And when we look now at all the men who were there then and who are no longer on the planet, mm -hmm. uh, it becomes an even more more meaningful. And some of those men, those boys that my son went to preschool with, when my father transitioned, they were the active pallbearers who, okay. you know, casket up to where where he right. was. And so these are relationships that, you know, have been on ongoing. And so for any single mom, it, yes, you're going to support one another, but you're also going to identify others within your family and your community who can co-develop, co-support, co-coach, co-mother. Right. You know, because they bring a different perspective. And yeah. And which is good for your little one, and it's good for you because we can't do it alone. We yeah. I mean, 
in in indigenous cultures, whether it's Africa, whether it's uh, the Caribbean, uh, whether it's Asia, families. Yeah, it's a family. Yeah, yes. Families come together Mm -hmm. to support one another, to move ahead in life. And this is, you know, this one-upmanship, one thing is that's that's not who we are. Right, right, right. Do, do, Do you feel... Do you feel like the one-upmanship, as you just said, is what is leading to most Black single women being burnt out? I think that trying to be everything to yeah. everybody, family, co-workers, neighbors, yeah. et cetera, is what burns us out. With And not making self-care a priority. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So for me, I, it took me a very long time to realize I had to pour into myself first. So everyone else in my house wasn't annoying me. (laughs) And I didn't realize that until honestly, until I became an entrepreneur, because my background is education and I've been in a variety of different schools. I've had crazy commutes and it wasn't until I really looked at myself in the mirror as a you know, solopreneur and doing my own thing and discovering my nervous system, my triggers, all of these things. And so now I have this morning routine that is like ironclad. And so it starts literally at 530. And and I, I had to tell myself, like, I don't get out of bed. I do everything in bed. It took me a long time to accept, like, I don't need to physically get out of bed to do this. As long as I'm getting it done and I'm getting what I need to fuel my mind and start my day, I'm good. So my body is now used to waking up at 530. I put my earbuds in. I immediately do my meditation. I do some breath work. Um, I then listen to affirmations and then I listen to motivational talks. And then after that, I have a, a little app called Headway where you can listen to the like readers digest digest. So I can read a book in like 10 minutes. So I'm getting a little bit of, you know, stimulation. And then I start journaling and it's probably about 645 is when my daughter, she's six, she might come in and, you know, and I'm, I'm in a good mood because I've spent the time for me versus back in the day, I, I'm barely getting out of, bed, out of bed at 6.30. She's running in. I'm irritated. Got to get her ready to school. Got to get on the commute. It was awful. And so I love that really this lifestyle that I've created has allowed me to really have that self-care time. And I see the massive difference in my life at now 37. You know, I can't wait until I'm, you know, your age where I can really say, look at all that I've done and my morning routine and all of this and the impact. So I, I 100% agree with you about that. I, my, my son is actually 37. And oh. what you're describing are what I call spiritual practices. Yes. Get up. You know, there's spiritual reading, there's affirmations, there's meditation. You know, there is, there's pulling a tarot card. I'm pulling the black goddess right now. But, you know, this is, this is how I ground and prepare myself to move forward in the day. It's, it's quality self-care time and you see the difference. I do sees the difference. So I do. It's this very um, important foundational self-care. Yeah. And um, I, I encourage anyone who is, is watching to develop 
your spiritual practices, which include quiet time. It could be meditation. It could be yoga. It could be the reading. Be centered and yes, and therefore your best self stepping out. Exactly. And that's what I tell myself every morning. How can I be the best version of myself? Oh, I actually forgot to mention, and I practice gratitude every single morning and every single night. And then I also check in with my feelings. (laughs) So I have a whole thing, which I love because I'm actually teaching my daughter how to do that too, because I didn't have those tools when I was six. Mm -hmm. So I think that this is such a move. It's not really a movement because you've been doing this forever, but I just feel like I'm so grateful that you um, are here on this platform to really share this. And for other women who are listening, women of color to know, like we are important and we are enough and we have everything we need inside of us to be whatever we want to be. But we have to make that time for us to get quiet and for us to really, you know, understand our purpose. We don't want to just live. We want to, you know, thrive. So thrive, flourish, excel. Exactly. Exactly. As, as Bobby Farron used to say, don't worry, be happy. happy. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, So Elder Harriet, we are coming to the end of our episode, but before we leave, I would love if you could share with our audience, it is in the show notes, your links and your freebies, but can you let us know where we can reach you? What services you offer? Just in case, you know, anybody really wants to work with you. Thank you. Well, you know, um, I've shared the stories to demonstrate that, you know, you can reject limitation and accept liberation. Yes. I currently uh, offer some complimentary sessions, um, some individual soul guidance sessions, and I do VIP um, visioning sessions. I also do group um, a group session, and it's called Activating Women's Revolutionary Leadership Now. And it, it'll be in the form of a, a webinar that's coming up. Uh, I think, as you said, there are le- um, links to, to my download, and the download that I really like to promote currently, it's called Five Essential Tools to Lead the Revolution Toward Love, Light, and Liberation, a Spiritual Guide for change makers. Okay. This is what I encourage uh, listeners to download in, in that way. It, I mean, it's a journal that talks about self-care, soul care, sacred ritual. Yes. Um, and uh, coaching, etc. And it's, it's, it's a beautiful tool. It's like going through a journey and you can apply it to yourself or your organization or your business. But it's 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 a reflective tool, and I'm I'm really happy to offer that, and then work with, or at least, uh, if anyone wants to go beyond that, again, we have complimentary um, services. I really appreciate this opportunity to to you know share with you and to share with your audience, uh, because again, it's about healing, empowering, and transforming. Yes, and it's definitely about liberation time. (laughs) Yes. I love it. Actually. Yes. This episode 
is called Release Limitation to Achieve Liberation. So those of you who are listening, if this is resonating with you, as I always say every episode, share this with someone who might need this because you never know, this could change their lives. This could send them on a different path, a different trajectory. And if you're loving the topics and the guests that I'm having on the show, I would love your support to subscribe to the channel and wherever you get podcasts. So Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in this week. Elder Harriet, thank you so much for your expertise and your wisdom. And I'm just really excited to be in this space with you. So, yes. Thank you. Uh, I've enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, peace, power, passion. <laughs> I love it. Empowerment. So, ladies, stay resilient, as I always say. And I will see you all next week. Thank you for joining us this week on the Resilience Unlimited show. Be sure to hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe on our YouTube channel and follow us on social media. See you next week, divas. And don't forget, stay resilient.